Six circles of relationship formed around Jesus in his time on earth. In the outermost circle, there were the crowds, tens of thousands of people curious to learn more about the prophet from Galilee. Next, the 5,000 who journeyed out from their villages in desperate need of something from Jesus. Then the 70 who served Jesus' ministry. They wanted to do something for him. There were the 12 who Jesus called to leave their jobs and the worlds they knew to follow him. Then Peter, James, and John, who fully embraced the joy of Jesus as well as his sufferings. And finally, the one, John, who sat beside him at the Last Supper. He listened more closely than any other and recognized the Savior when no one else did. What can we learn from these circles of relationship about how we can get closer to Jesus today? Jesus is always calling you closer. When I heard that he was sending out workers to join in his cause, I knew I wanted to be one of them. Something exciting was happening. That day, as he approached me and the other 69, I knew this work could change my life and so many other lives. When he called, he said, It's time. No time to waste. Get moving now and don't worry about material things. The work is waiting. It's time to get up and go. Well, today we are looking at the 70 in our series that we're calling The One Jesus Love based on uh, Robert Crosby's book, The One Jesus Loves. I have so far enjoyed so much that we've started at the crowds and then we looked at the 5,000 and now today we're at the 70. What does it mean to us? But if you weren't here as part of this series, I want to let you know that we are selling that book for $10. We're not making any money on it, but we're making it available for people that want to read along. And then we're following this journey, getting closer to Jesus. That's our goal right now. Our goal is to get closer to Jesus and we started uh, two weeks ago. I talked about that in the crowd, it's where you hear things about Jesus. You're first introduced to the things of God. And it's a great place to start, but it's not a great place to finish. You don't want to stay there, but you want to hear about this. And we want to be bringers. We want to be inviters. We want to be people that say, hey, come and listen. Come and, come and see what Jesus is about. And then last week, Pastor Darren talked about the 5,000 and that the 5,000 were able to receive something from Jesus that they received something, that the 5,000 actually were able to be part of a miracle where Jesus fed them. And then people started following Jesus for food and for miracles. And he's like, hey, it's not just about the food. It's about a relationship. It's about this. Uh, you're getting closer to me. You're right. You're not just out there listening. Now I've blessed you, but I want you to draw closer to me. And as we follow this circle in and we get to the next level and we say we want to get closer, we're at 70. And these are the people that represent following Jesus to places of working and serving. Following Jesus to places of working and serving. And a lot of people make it to this point. They're like, I love what you say. I love what you do for me. And then Jesus is like, now would you like to go do something for me? And you're like, is there another option? Because I love what you do for me, Lord. If you could just keep doing more for me. And he's like, no, no, the, the next step for you getting closer to me is for you to start working for me. And we're like, all right, can I clap out of this? No, you can't. All right, you got you to stay in there. But a lot of people make it here and they stall and they don't go in. And I will say this, a lot of people make it to this spot and then they stop. 
Okay, there's more to this series and there's more to God uh, calling you closer, okay? This is an important step in there. I don't want you to not enter into this step and I don't want you to stay stalled in this step and stuck right there. It's another step in the journey as we draw closer to Jesus. Now, as we talk about working for Jesus and serving Him, I want to be very clear. I want to be very clear on this. You do not work your way into forgiveness with Jesus Christ. You don't work your way. You're like, okay, just tell me how many good deeds I have to do. Will my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds? Or, you know, if he sees how hard I'm trying, will he, will he see that and honor that? If the Bible tells us in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, and for a lot of you, this is something you, you know already, but I just want to be very clear so no one ever gets confused in our church. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. We don't work for this. It's God's grace. We have faith in the grace of God that he would give us salvation and give us forgiveness. Somewhere between the crowd and the 5,000, as you hear about the good news of Jesus, as you experience the blessings of God and you, and you receive something from him, somewhere there you're giving your life to Jesus and you're saying, I trust in you. I trust in you. And that's how we give our life to Jesus. That's how we're forgiven of our sins. Then, as soon as that happens, it's just a natural thing that happens because you're like, I've been forgiven. I, I, I just received this grace. What would God want me to do? What would God want me to do? I mean, I, I, I've just been forgiven. This, this faith has come in me. This grace has been given to my life. I, I just want to say thank you. I just want to say thank you for whatever you've done that you've forgiven me. And so God's love comes into me and it just, it has to flow out of me. It's just a natural progression. And, and James, an early church leader, he said this. He said, uh, faith, in the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by actions, is dead. He's like, if you've got the real faith in you, if you've got something real in you, actions are going to happen. You're just going to want to get to work. You're going to want to do it. But don't confuse, like, because I work, um, God has forgiven me. It's no, because he's forgiven me. I want to work, and because I have faith in me, and I'm alive for God, and, and I and I'm, want to be a part of a life-giving church, I'm going to do something for God, and I'm going to start to work for God. If you have your Bibles, you can turn me to Luke chapter 10, and this is the account that we have of the 70. So if we're going to talk about the 70, that that's the next level. You know, we go from crowds to 5,000 to 70, and we're doing something. Let's look at what happened with the 70 um, the 70, um, these are the people that were drawn to Jesus' mission, okay? These are the people that were drawn to Jesus' purpose. These are the people that said, hey, I can do something. I have a place in this. Jesus wants to use me. These are the people that said, hey, I have an opportunity to be a co-laborer with Jesus. Like, I get to do something for God. And they had a faith that works, that actually put itself to work. Now, um, some of your Bibles in Luke chapter 10 might say that he sent out the 72, okay? Some translations say 70, some say 72. Let me just address that for just a minute. Um, some believe that it, it, it was just a, a, a copying error, because remember, they didn't have copy machines. They had to write it by hand, and I think about my handwriting. I mean, I have my staff type out my sermons for me, and I have to edit it because the things they type, it would be false doctrine. I mean, I, I, they can't read my writing. You know, I'm like, I didn't say that. Did I say that? No, I can't. You know, it's bad is when I can't read my own writing. I'm like, hmm, I don't know. 
yes, you know, like, all right. So it's, it's believed that it was most likely an error just in copying. That's all. It doesn't make it that different, 70, 72, but I happen to believe that it's 70, and I've chosen that text saying 70 because 70 is the number of people that Moses had as his helpers in the Old Testament. 70 is the number of the Sanhedrin that was the highest supreme Jewish council uh, of ruling, okay? So that was the number. 70 happened to be the number of nations that they believed were on earth at that time. So I think there was something symbolic in 70. 70, 72, doesn't matter. He sent out 70, all right? After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he is about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. If I could stop right there for a moment. Jesus is getting ready. He's sending 70 out. He's like, you been in the, the crowds. You've been in the 5,000. Now I want you to do work for me. I want to send you out for me. And he said, when I'm sending you out, will you just pray that more people will want to do this? Like 70 isn't going to get it done, but we're going to start with 70. We're going to have this example, but just pray that more people will be willing to work. More pe- Matter of fact, the only problem that Jesus said was facing the church, not growing and expanding, was that people wouldn't go to work. He never said, hey guys, I'm worried about the money. Can you help me out? Who's got some cash? You know, he never said, hey, the government's going to be against you. He said, so I don't know if we can make it because the government's going to be against this. He never said, you know, all the things that we might say as limiters, Jesus is like, the one limiter, guys, I'm sending you out, but just pray that more people will be willing to work. More people will, will hear about this and want to do something. They'll receive blessings from God and then want to go out and work and make a difference. So he tells them to do that. I'll summarize a few of these verses. In verse 4, he's telling them, hey, don't take any money. I want you to live by faith. He says in verse 5, hey, I want you to bless. When you go into people's houses, bless them. Pr- pronounce peace on them. Verse seven, 7, he says, be content. You know, hey, be content. Stop looking around. How many know that we can look around? Like, how come he gets to serve there and I get to serve there? He's like, just be content. All right? And he's telling them how. Then he says in verse uh, 9, heal. Like, meet needs. See needs, meet needs. Healing, just start meeting needs. In verse 10, he said, hey, you're going to be rejected. You're going to work for me, and you're going to be rejected. Learn to handle that rejection. Okay, and so they go out and do this, and they go out and minister. And then in verse 17, it says, they return with joy. It says, the 70 return with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. They're like, it worked. We went out there. We worked for you. And even spiritual forces that came against us, when we mentioned the name of Jesus, we had authority and we had power, and we're working in your name. And Jesus is like, that is wonderful. That's what I want you to do. I want you to advance my church, and I want you to move forward. And then in verse 20, he says this. He says, now, however, don't rejoice that the Spirit submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. He's like, even when you're out there working and it's pretty amazing, never lose this thought that that God forgave you. Never lose this thought that the best thing in your life is that God forgave you and he's given you eternal life. And even when you're out doing these things, go back to that. Rejoice in that thing right there. So uh, side note on this, I I get it. Sometimes people will say, I really, I, 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 I want to be a mature believer and I want the deeper things of God. I'm like, just do that list and you'll be a mature believer. How many know that? You go out there, you start living by faith, you start praying for more workers, you bless people, you're content, you stop keeping up with the Joneses, you heal the sick, you, you handle rejection because you're outstanding for God and you keep sharing the good news with people. That's a mature believer right there. Okay, that's somebody who's moving forward. But 
The 70 represents those people that are saying, I'm going to take my next step closer to God by doing and serving. Because I've been given the love of God, and when I've been given the love of God, love does. I love what Bob Goff says, love does. Matter of fact, Bob Goff is coming back for Sparkle. Yeah. That's... He had one clause in his contract. If any of his kids are going to have a baby, he can cancel. But I think we're past, like, uh, they wouldn't be due at that time. So I think we're good, Sparkle. All right. But Bob Goff is coming. But I love what Bob Goff says. He says, love does. I mean, when, when God's love touches you, love does something. It gets out there and it goes to work for God. Matter of fact, Bob Goff says, I don't have Bible studies. I have Bible doings. He said, I gather people to my house together and we just go do what the Bible says. He said a lot of Christians want to sit around and read what it says and talk about what it says and feel what it says, okay, maybe even tweet about what it says, okay? But he's like, I just, let's just go do a Bible doing and let's go out there and do what the Bible says. And I think about that bracelet, what would Jesus do, WWJD? I would say he would do something. He would do something. The Bible tells us in Acts that he was going around doing good in Acts 10.38. The Bible tells us that when he was a, a, a little boy, he was like, I have to be about my father's business. The Bible tells us in John 6 that he was, I, I'm going to do the one, the will of the one who sent me. In Matthew 28, it says, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus was doing something. Jesus was moving forward. And I'm telling you this, if you want to draw closer to Jesus, you need to start doing the things that Jesus would have you do. You start doing them. You start moving forward and you start saying, I'm going to start doing these things and moving forward. We see this in the book of James. James is an early church father and he was obviously irritated. I mean, he must have been irritated and, and some people think he was just arguing maybe with a, just like in his own mind. Like I'm sure some of the people in the church right now are thinking that they could just say they have faith and they don't have to have works because he doesn't mention anybody. But he was using a form of arguing, like arguing with somebody. And he was saying like, hey guys, we've got to get to work. We've got, if we've got faith, we've got to get to work. We've got to get out there and do something for God. He says this in James chapter 2, verse 14. He says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is out clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? He's yeah. like, in the same way, faith by itself, is, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. But some will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. He's like, hey, because God's forgiven me, I've got, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to work. I'm going to do something. I'm going to get involved. And James would say to us, like, get involved. Go do something. Sign up. Make a difference. Do something. Stop just talking about it and get to work. Let's go do this. And it's not just like, come on, you're being punished. It's like, hey, you, you get an opportunity to draw closer to Jesus by serving. I believe this, when we serve, when we help, when we volunteer, when we find our spot, when we work for God, we're actually becoming more like Jesus. It's His nature. It's His nature. He just served. He did good. He helped. He did those things. And I want to serve, and I want to move closer to Jesus. Now, at, at River Valley Church, we, we believe this. We believe that people need to get involved. And this is the type of church we have that you say, I, I want to do this. I want to be a part of this. I want, to, I want to make a difference for God. I want to serve, and I want to use my gifts, and I want to use my talents, and I want to do this. And, and 
I, I shared this before, but I'll share it again. It feels good when I confess this. Early on in the church, I just was like, we need you. We just need you to work. I did not care about your spiritual growth. I was like, we just need you. We got to survive. I need somebody to set up those chairs. I need somebody to do this. And I was a young pastor and I was very foolish. And now I'm thinking like, you need to serve. You need to serve. You need to grow closer to Jesus. And this is the step in the ring. And, and even though I didn't fully understand it there, I was actually helping people get closer to Jesus. Okay, but you need to serve so you will get closer to Jesus. And there's so many benefits of doing this. And I want to list a few. But before I do, I want to let you know that this is how you can serve at church or, or find out how to serve. You can just fill out the connect card and say, contact me about next. Matter of fact, I believe it's right there. Sign up for next. I would like to sign up for next. Okay, that's how you're going to find out what's next. How do you move forward to the next circle of actually serving Jesus, of actually working? You could fill it out. You could bring it to the Welcome Center. You could place it in the offering. You could give it to a pastor. You could give it to someone with a lanyard. They'll make sure that it gets turned in. Okay, that's one way. Also, you can go to our website. On our main page now of our website, there's a sign up for next. It's right there. We've made it super easy. Click on that box right there, and that'll take you down the road so that you can actually find out how can I go to this class? How can I figure out how God has wired me and how I can serve? See, here's the deal. If you don't start serving, if you don't get to the next level, if you don't go from the crowd to the 5,000 to the 70, and you don't ever enter, you're just going to stall. You're going to stall, and you're going to get stale. And how many know stale things get moldy and smell? All right? And you don't want to smell. You want to smell better, so you want to work for God. You want to stay active. And, and I'll have people come to church, and they'll say, like, hey, we're going to soak for a while. We're going to check it out. We're going to take our time. We're going to ease our way in. I think we're waiting too long to have people get to work because it's another step closer. It's kind of like, I want to stay where I'm at. I don't want to step closer. I'll even have people say, like, hey, I'm wounded. You know, we're wounded from a past experience, and so we're going to take it really slow and really easy. And in the beginning, I used to say, like, okay, take your time, and as long as you need, you just chill if you're wounded, and then eventually get to work. But after having my heart attack a few years ago, and for those of you that don't know that, I did have a heart attack. Um, not my own fault. It was just genetics, but my heart did burst, and I'm fine today. 99% open. All the stents were all good, okay? But when I had my heart attack, I mean, I had a heart attack. I was looking for all sorts of sympathy and cards and gifts and things, you know, and, 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 all, and they were like, get up. And I'm like, what? And they're like, get up. Time to walk. I'm like, time to walk right now? Time to walk. Let's go. And they're like, we want you to walk. Let's go. And they made me walk like the very next day. They're like, get to work. Let's go. Let's walk. And then they said, we're going to sign you up for the running class. I'm like, running class? I just had a heart attack. You know, they're like, yeah, we're going to, you know, you're going to walk. You're going to run. You're going to, you know, then you're going to lift weights and you're going to get back into things. We're not going to let you be lazy. And it was at that moment I realized that even if you're wounded, you need to start walking. Even if you're wounded, you got to walk with Jesus and start serving. You got to get up and do something. We won't ask you to do any heavy lifting. Okay? All right? We won't ask you to do the heavy lifting, but you're going to have to get walking and working. Otherwise, infection sets in. It's worse for you to stay still than it would be for you to get up and walk, all right? So there are so many benefits as you start to serve God. First of all, it gives your life purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. It gives your life purpose. 
You help other people find Jesus when you start to work for God. And that's a beautiful benefit of serving God. You get a a healthier self-image because you start realizing I matter and it's not all about you. You start serving Jesus and others and then yourself last. Joy, Jesus first, others second, yourself last. And all of a sudden you have a healthier self-image like, hey, I'm actually making a difference here. You make friends who in turn help you grow because you start doing life together. Because you don't just serve alone, you serve as a team. You grow in your gifts and it unlocks potential and you, who knows where that'll take you. All of a sudden, next thing you know, you're moving in this thing and this thing and this thing. You experience miracles when you serve because God starts to see that and work through you. God rewards you. God rewards you. When you start working and he says, I'm not missing it. I've noticed everything you've done and I'm going to reward you for all the things that you've done for me. Remember, you don't get saved because of it, but once you're saved, he said, I'm going to reward you and I'm going to bless you and thank you for you serving me. All right. And with all this, you're finding your purpose. And it's just so important that we do this and that we, we see people saying, I desire to serve. I desire to follow Jesus and to work. I, I want to find my purpose and I want to do I want to go to next class and I want to find my purpose. Why did God wire me this way? Now I want to talk about three ways that you can work and serve God right now. All right? And I'll put them in three categories. General, gathered, and expertise. You could serve God in a general way, and I think every single person in our church should serve God in a general way. What do I mean by that? I mean serve your city. How many know that we can all pick up trash? That's a pretty good one, right? Okay? We can all cut down buckthorn or whatever the city asked us to do. And they couldn't believe that some of our campuses cut down so much buckthorn because we weren't doing it for the city. We were doing it for the Lord, okay? We were working twice as hard, all right? So, but there's general things. You can, we can stack chairs. We can do things. We can do a cleaning day. We can do general things. And I think every one of us should do that. We can do things and serve in a gathered way. What do I mean by that? When the church gathers together on the weekend, whether it's Saturday or Sunday morning or Sunday night, when we gather together, there's serving that can be done. Ushers, greeters, welcome center, tech, um, sound booth, uh, parking lot, kids, youth. You see what I'm saying? And so there's a serving capacity where we work for God in just a general way, but we can also work for God in a gathered way. Now, here's where a lot of churches stop. They say, that's, that's all we need. We just need you to keep Sunday moving forward. And here's my thought. We need to have you serve in your area of expertise as well. And I want to open this up and open up your thinking in this. As the church gets bigger and bigger, and as the world is changing and moving faster and faster, there's an opportunity for you to serve in your area of expertise and to serve the local church. I'll give you some of the examples, and I hope it expands your thinking. Because God wants to take the way that you're uniquely gifted and use it for His glory to advance His church. For instance, we go to summer camp with all of our kids, and all of our kids experience a wonderful summer camp. Hundreds, I believe it's over a thousand between youth and children, okay, from the teens and the, and the kids. We need nurses or somebody that is a doctor to be there during that week to take care of them. So here you are in your expertise. You may be a, a, a greeter on the weekend when the church is gathered. You may have sh- showed up for Serve Your City, but what if you were able to take your expertise and be the camp nurse or the camp doctor that week, take your gift that's there. We have another person that uh, uses their gift. They uh, do uh, audio and video for ESPN, and, they, and sometimes I see them on the sideline with the Vikings game, and, and there they are working 
working in their field, but then they're also working and serving with us. This last week, he was in the back of the vehicle uh, doing the audio as we were doing a St. Paul video shoot, and he was doing that, taking his expertise. Who would have ever thought that we could help the church move forward in our expertise in that way? We have uh, at Shakopee campus, we have somebody, I don't know who did it, but some uh, ladies that did some beautiful floral arrangements. I said, who did these things? It was for a, a sisterhood thing. And they said, oh, it was somebody in the church and they, it was their gift. They just wanted to use it for the, for the Lord. I thought, that's beautiful. We have a realtor that sells us our missions homes and he charges no commission. He's like, I'm, if, I'm just going to use my gift to bless the church in my area of expertise to be able, when you want to do this, I'm going to do it. We have people that are in the tech world that are quant jocks. And I don't even know what that is, but you help us, you know? <laughs> You probably are really expensive, is what I'm saying, with a name like that. But they analyze things and they geofence and they do all this stuff. And I, I just, I'm telling you, you can use, who would have thought that we would say, if you're a quant jock, you could help our church. I mean, think about that. All right. The other day I was at Google. I had an opportunity to meet with Avinash. His, that's his name, Avinash. He is the Google brand evangelist, which is interesting that that's what he calls himself, di digital evangelist. And he said this, he said, you have people in your church, and he's not even a Christian, he's, he's not a Christian. He said, I'm not a Christian. And he goes, you have people in your church that could help your church with your website, your apps, geofence, with analytics and, and, and quant jocks and things and people that are so skilled and expert at this stuff and you're not using them. And he said, you know how I know? Because I went to your websites and your websites stink. I, I went onto your apps and they stink. And he, and he goes, I'm not even a Christian. And can I tell you this? Jesus would like it if you didn't stink so bad. <laughs> Rebuked by Google. Okay, and, I'm, and then he said this, how sad is it that Home Depot wants to sell lumber more aggressively than you want to lead people to Jesus? And he goes, they have people. And I, I said, but we, we, but we can't afford all these people that you're talking about. And he's like, you're, they're in your church. He said, but they're parking cars and they're watching kids and they're, and they're greeting people at the door. And he said, that's all wonderful. But what if they could give you a few hours a month to actually be in their skill set and do that and not charge you? And all of a sudden you, you, you save people more aggressively than Home Depot sold lumber. Calling all quantchucks, please <laughs> save our website. Okay. Here's the other thing. All three are important because the general serving keeps you humble. How many know when CEO or head of this or whatever, and you're picking up garbage or you're cutting buckthorn, how many know the Holy Spirit's working on you? You're thinking, I should have just wrote the check for this stupid buckthorn. <laughs> youth group. This is a youth group project. You know, how many of the Holy Spirit's just like, all right, we're talking about pride right now and killing that ego. All right. So general serving does that. How many know that the gathered serving, when you serve on the weekend, it keeps you connected to the body? It keeps you connected. You're part of a body. You're not a lone ranger. You're not a consumer on the weekend. So when you come in and you serve at one and go to one, it keeps you connected to the body. And then when you serve in your expertise, in your area of expertise, it gives you fulfillment to a higher level. I don't want to downplay anything that you do for the marketplace. And I thank God that it supplies your needs. And I think you're a chaplain in your marketplace and God has you right where he wants you. But wouldn't it be neat if you took your expertise and all of a sudden you propelled the church of God forward faster and we could do more? What if we could help more missionaries because the unique skill set that you have that partnered with the local church, we could do an amazing thing moving forward, helping more people. So it gives more fulfillment to your area of expertise. Now, I say this for those that are already serving. Let me say this. Please guard against what I would call the older brother syndrome. 
In the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15, the prodigal son comes back after his wild living, and the older brother is like, oh, seriously? All these years I've been slaving for you. If you serve God and you think you are slaving for God, you're missing it. You are serving God and you're drawing closer to God and you're loving God. Psalm 100 verse 2 says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. I'm praying that we would serve the Lord with gladness. And our attitude at River Valley Church wouldn't be, I have to serve. It would be, I get to serve. I get to serve. I get to show the one that I love in a general way. I get to show in a gathered way. I get to show in an area of expertise the God I love and the God that I serve. I do this for His glory and His honor. I get to serve. And this love flows out of me. And don't ever let it become just, and it's so hard because it could become like, I just do it out of duty. I do it out of duty. I'm not much into musicals, but in Fiddler on the Roof, Tevye, he says, you know, to his wife, he says, do you love me? And she's like, I wash your clothes, I milk the cow, I birth the kids, I cook your meals, what do you mean? He's like, no, do you love me? And she's like, I do all these things. And he's like, no, do you love me? And so anybody that's serving now and you feel like you've grown cold and you're just like, it's routine, man, you got to find that love today. you got to find that love. you got to get done serving and pray this prayer, God, this was for you today. That buckthorn, that was for you. God, that, those kids I watched today, that kind of drove me crazy. But it was for you. It was for you. It was for you, and it was for your glory, and it was for your honor. I can't tell you the times that I lock up church at night and might be leaving the office, and I'll pause, and I'll be like, wow, God, this is for you. This is for you. Help me not to complain. This is for you. I serve you. I love you. I get to do this with gladness because this is drawing me closer. Now I'm going to ask that people would help me out here. I'm going to ask that the people that are going to help launch the St. Paul campus uh, would come up on the stage that are here at this campus. And then I'm going to just do this. If you're at, the, if you're at your campus and you're going to uh, help launch St. Paul, um, this might be a surprise to your campus pastor right now, uh, but it's a good thing. I want them to come on up here. Pastor David, come on, stand up right next to me. And the rest of you, fill on in quick. Come on around. Um, yeah, come on in. Right here. So this, they're just keep coming. They're going to fill in around us. Um, these are all people that are serving in a certain capacity in the campus they're at, whether it's Apple Valley, Minneapolis, Egan, Woodbury. I'm not sure where everyone's coming from that are going to help you. Uh, the number's right around 300-ish right now that we have to launch into St. Paul. And um, this is just a small group of them, but they're here with us. And maybe you're standing at your campus right now. Um, they're stepping up. That's right. Step up. Time for them to grow up, right? Right. Preacher on your hands right there. Hey, they've said, we're, we want to be sent. We want to be sent. And you know what happens when you send... 300, that means 300 more need to say we're ready to be stepping up at our campus. Right now we have an opening for 300 more people to step up and say, here am I, use me. I desire to get closer to you. I just want you to see that. This is what we're about, reaching the next one and the next one and the next one. And I'm praying that as we send people out to reach more people, they will say, God, we'll send them out, we'll raise them up. We'll send them up, we'll raise them up. We'll send them up, we'll raise them up. We'll just keep doing that. And we'll say, God, because it's part of the process. We don't stop with working. There's more, there's more intimate steps, but this is a key step. 
And if you've been missing that step, you haven't been serving, this is a moment that I want to pray for you. I want, to, I want everyone to pray for St. Paul campus right now. Um, if there's someone in your campus that's standing, just pray for them right now. Maybe put a hand on their shoulder. Just a way of saying, I affirm that, that you're going. And it's, you just touch them on the shoulder. And for those of you at this campus, could you stretch out your hands towards these that we're sending? We're sending and we're saying, hey, we send you. So Lord Jesus, we just thank you. Part of our, our growing is serving you and working for you. And, and these are men and women that have said, we're serving, we're working, and we want to be sent. So God, we send them in Jesus' name. May they just make a huge impact on St. Paul. May there be another church added to the many churches that are there to reach people for Jesus. And I'm praying right now, God, that you'd raise up more people to come behind these, that they'd say, we'll step up. It's time for us to say, we've received from God. Now we want to work for God. We want to do more. And God, use us. Help us to draw closer by being used by, by you, Lord. Bless the St. Paul launch team. Let them reach many, many people. And may people just come behind them at every campus and say, God, we will be that army that's coming behind them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we praise God? St. Paul launch team. We love you. God bless.